Blog Talk Radio. Sometimes I think about what the end is going to be. But I want the church to know tonight I'm not going to turn around. I've been on this journey for 36 years. And I'm not tired yet. In fact, we're going to sing a song in a few minutes that said, I don't feel no way tired. But every time somebody asks me and say, what you going to do after 36 years? Where are you going from here? You know what I tell them? I believe I run Welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday night, Food for the Soul Bible Study Sessions with the Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. Yes, tonight is Thursday, May the 14th, 2020, and tonight 
is man's final destination. All right. So tonight we are in the Alpha Valley Studio with the Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore tonight, and we are grateful that he is here in the Apple Valley Studio tonight. He will be teaching tonight, and like I was saying, that he will touch a little bit on what is called man's final destination, as well as some other key topics um, that will let us know where we stand in the kingdom. So what I come up with is this tonight, just for my little take on it. Of course, he will uh, break it down where we stand within God's kingdom, and he will allow us to know what's what. Now, what I come up with, the same is truth in the spiritual realm. Now, as we journey towards our final destination, there is an objective standard by which to determine whether we are headed in the right direction. Now, I don't have to guess at where I'm going. And I know that all the Christians that are saved and sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost, they don't have to guess where they're going. Um, there is a standard that will lead us to our home with Christ. Years ago, there were many church people whose house was located in remote rural areas. Now, there were numerous twists and turns on the road to get to their homes. Now, although it may have been a new area to some, successfully their homes were located, and by the time they were able, that the visitors were able to leave, it was completely dark. Now, when the visitors started towards their own home, they at some point made a wrong turn. And as they tried to throw their way back to the right road, one road turned into another road. Soon, people became so lost they didn't even find their way back to their own home and had to start all over. Now, back in those days, there, there was nothing available for you to get the right direction in order to know where your final destination was. Now, fortunately, as we journey towards our final and eternal destination, we do not have to grope in the darkness and follow the uncertainty of our own physical and our own feelings that are man form and humankind. We have sources of light to guide us home. Just like the psalmist said unto God, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles, which it comes from, um, of course, Psalm 43 and 3. The word of God is a source of light and truth for our journey. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of thy word, words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. That's Psalms 119, 105th verse, and also the 130th verse for Psalms. So tonight as Dr. Moore is preparing, as he's preparing himself tonight, like I said, he will be talking about various topics tonight, and he will be able to share with us tonight what thus saith the Lord. All right. So when we talk about man's final destination, a subtopic to that will be putting God first. And let me just say this to you. We need to come up with a checklist in our own spiritual lives where we can ask ourselves, are we putting God first? Now, when, when, you, when you talk about putting God first, it's not just waking up and saying good morning, God only. No, no, no. Every day in our spiritual lives on a journey, we're all on a journey to where God, if you listen to him closely, he's telling you not only what he wants you to do with your life, but he's also telling you where he wants you to go, and he's giving you a gift. 
he's giving you something in the kingdom. Like he told me, my place is in his kingdom. Where my place is at my church is to be hospitality and welcoming community. I am to be the bright smile on the face. I am to welcome you in with open arms of love. I am to hug you. I am to be hospitable to you. That's where I best fit in God's kingdom. I prayed and I asked him, and that's what he showed and told me. Now, everybody has their own final destination. So my subtopic would be, do you have your, when I say that, I mean, are you spiritually prepared? Have you put God first to the point where he's at the top of your list to where when he comes back for his people, that is his church, his body of Christ, that you have that spiritual ticket, your spiritual badge of cap, and you're ready for first class. First class means that you're going to go with God when he comes back for his church. If you're riding coach, that means you're not going with the Lord because you have not put him first. You have got to be able to, everything you do, you have to include him first. You have to let him manifest first. He don't come second place. He's not third place, and he's showing our last. God is always first because guess what? He sent his only begotten son to die on the cross so we may have a right to the tree life. That put us first. That put us back in first place so we will have that opportunity to repent, be baptized, seek the Holy Ghost, speak in an unknown tongue, and go back when he is ready to come back for that final return. We're going to our final destination, which is God's kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, the shepherd of my house, he will be talking about putting God first and also tying in the final destination. So if you are ready, get your Bibles out, take out some pens, some pencils, a notepad, and let's study, let's feast. Let's learn because I'm ready to. I'm excited for the word of God tonight, as well as you should be. Here he is, the shepherd of the greater all nations, Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ, the honorable and comparable Dr. Bishop Offer Moore. God bless everybody. Let's learn. God bless you tonight in Radio Land. Amen. And God bless you, man. So, tonight, again, for bringing us home, man, she loved to do. With the inspiration of the power of God tonight, I want to say this is the day the Lord has made, and let us be glad and let us rejoice therein. Praise the Lord tonight. It's Thursday tonight, and we're going to come to you, amen, with food for thought tonight. Hoping, amen, it will help take you through this crisis that we are in, and your heart will be encouraged. And... She gave a topic tonight, amen, and we, this topic, amen, that we are going to try and bring to you tonight is putting God first, putting God first in our lives. And I don't know how many of you may uh, not see the importance that there is right at this hour that we're living in now where every man's life is in jeopardy and every man's heart is disturbed because they don't have the answer of what is taking place. But let's put the Lord first in our life. Put God first. In Matthew, uh, uh, St. Luke, I'm sorry, chapter 18, 18 through 24, the writer says, a certain Rich man asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. 
And thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said, All these things have I kept from my youth up to now. Now when Jesus heard these sayings, he said unto him, Yet likest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he says, how hard shall it be that have richness into the kingdom of God? Matthew chapter 6 and 31, 33 says, Therefore, take no thought, saying what we shall eat, or what we shall drink, or where shall we be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles, they see. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 3. If ye then, then rhythm of Christ, seek those things which are above, and set your affection on things Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And set your affection on things above, not on things of earth. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Putting God first tonight, 2020. We can look back and say, look where the Lord has brought us from. And we don't know where he's going to carry us. But are we putting God first in our lives? Here was a young man, as the Bible describes, a ruler, came and asked the question to Jesus. A good master Tell him how good he was And he was a master What shall I do To inherit eternal life This young ruler knew That there was more than Life on this side He realized that There was a life that was eternal And he wanted that eternal life 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Why callest me good? None is good save one that is God. That is who is good. And he began to go on and let him know. You got to put the kingdom, put God's kingdom first. If you want eternal life, you got to put the kingdom of God first. It must be priority in your life. No matter how you are blessed, you got to put Jesus first in your life. The principles of the kingdom life. As the Bible let us know that we are kingdom children. If we put him first in our life, we can have kingdom ways are not our ways. Kingdom ways does not mean that we can do a thing that this old flesh would desire to be done. Kingdom ways is not like our ways. Putting God first commandment. We must love God is keeping his commandment. We must love God. And I come to find out that there are many of us is confessing the Lord with our mouth, but we are denying him in our heart. We don't love him. Loving God is important to God. We must, we love God because he loved us. Putting God first through faith operates in our spirit. From the very beginning, God mandated that he be put first in the lives of his people. Now, just remember these words. God wants to be put first in the lives of his people. No individual can claim to be in righteous fellowship to God without first adhering to a relationship that put God above self. You must put God above your own self. It is not for the reason of selfishness. God demands to be put first in the life of, of a believer. God demands it. He's first or he's nothing at all. Rather, it is quite the opposite. Should God choose one to require that he be first in our life, he will relinquish his position as sovereign, which would contradict his being God. Since God is, since man is human, he needs God. He needs God rulership. Cannot we understand that at this hour, man is human? And he needs God's rulership. 
He needs the Lord to help him to make the right decisions at the right time. In time that we are going through the trouble that we are facing right now. Man is human, but God is divine. Man is limited, but God knows all things. God, therefore, without him, man cannot exist. Man thinks that he is have power. Man think, amen, that he's running the world. But without the power of Jesus Christ, mankind cannot exist. Moreover, in rebellion against God's rule, man rushed towards his own miserable and destruction. In sinful activity and by deceitful idleness, he went on to do what he wanted to do. This is mankind, humanity. He went on, rushed into sin, decided to take the pleasure of life in his hand to do what he wanted to do for this ransom. God commands, I am the Lord, thou God. Don't forget that tonight, humanity, that is echoing all over the heavens and on the earth tonight, I am the Lord, thou God, and thou shalt have no other God before me. For I am the Lord, thou God. I am a jealous God. Exodus chapter 20, 2, 3, and 5. For the same ransom, reason Jesus hope, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And again, the first of all of the commandment is, hear, O Israel. You've got to have an ear to hear. In this day and time that we live in, the end, we need a spiritual ear is to hear what the Lord is saying to the church. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. We don't have but one Lord. We don't have but one God to answer to. And whether you know him or not, they call him many names, but he come down through 42 generations. And in the New Testament, the angel said that thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. With all thy heart you must seek the Lord. And with all of our soul and with all of our mind and with all of our strength. Mark 12, 29 and 30. Now, you know, we false pretenders. Many of us don't seek the Lord. Nearby with all of our heart. Nearby with all of our mind. Nearby, not nearby with all our strength. We barely began to say thank you. That lets me know you don't love him. That lets me know you're not putting him first. 
putting God first. Therefore, is not something that a Christian should do, nor is it just saying some lofty goal and a high ideal that is ultimately in the practice sense. On the contrary, putting God first is the primary mandate of the divine law of the kingdom of God. Do Are you obeying the, the laws of God? If you are like human beings, amen, on earth, you are disobedient because majority of human beings, we break the laws of man. We don't obey them, they're there. But if we get caught, we're going to have to pay the penalty for it because the laws are there. And the laws of God is right before us. And it tells you what direction and what way you should go and how you should live. To fall, to fail, to do so is to exclude one step from being subject to the king of kings. If you don't obey his commandments, you're failing. You are failing. You are failing. Everybody was had faith in the United States. Mostly everybody. Because, amen, when it was founded, it was founded up on God. In God, we trust. People pray. People live together. And people have a relationship. But in the wisdom of this world we're living in now, where knowledge has expanded in every direction, we seem to have lost that relationship. We are considering the foundation and existing ways of Christian must be put first. Put the Lord first in your life. And let me say, beloved, this is an individual affair. Don't go with the crowd. The crowd can't save you. Go with Jesus. It's an individual thing. It don't no matter what, but the Lord but you. Walk with him. Putting God first. But seek ye the kingdom. But seek ye first the kingdom. The kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom. The power. Seek the power of God. Seek the joy. Seek the peace of God. But seek first ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not your righteousness. God's ways is not like our ways, neither is it thought like ours. As far as the heaven is from the earth, God's ways are different from ours. He's saying all these things shall be added unto you if you seek him first, if you put him first in your life. The kingdom of God comes not with observation. You cannot see it with your physical eyes. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, 
Hello there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. You can't see the kingdom of God, amen, on the outside. This thing is in the inside. St. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. The kingdom of God is power. It is joy. Oh, in the Holy Ghost. It's not meat and drink. Jesus said that after you receive the Holy Ghost, you should have power. Power to live right. Power to walk right. Power to put God first in your life. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is an inwardly spiritually kingdom that is invisible to the natural eye and to the natural intellect. He acknowledges follows to seek this kingdom first before anything else. Put Jesus first in your life. He said, I am the first and I am the last. I am the beginning and I am the ending. Which is and which was and which is because I am the Lord God Almighty. Put him first. Put him first. As they followed him, the disciples became aware that Jesus had an invisible inner strength and power. You got to look further than the outward appearance. You got to look, amen, at this inwardly man. You got an inwardly man within you. When they sensed that he drew upon this power through prayer, yes, they they understood, wait a minute, he, he, he looked to be moral on the outside just like we are, but when he prayed, something else is different about him. He got a power come from within him. They requested that he teach them to pray. Master, teach us how to pray. And you know the beginning of it, Jesus said, when you pray, you say, our Father. Who Father is he? He's our Father. He's every human being Father. Our Father, which are in heaven, and praise his holy name, because thou kingdom has come. The kingdom of God has come, and it is without observation. They request that he teach them to pray. He responded by giving them an example in which we are to pray for God's kingdom to come. I like to ask the question, have the kingdom of God came in your life? Do you have a kingdom of God in your life at this hour that we're living in right now? Thou kingdom come. Jesus made it clear that the kingdom of God is the fundamental source of all spiritually life and strength. And that his father lives to partakers of his eternal source. We are to be partakers of Jesus' eternal source and his strength. 
It is essential to put God first in our lives. He must be honored above all. In order to give him proper honor, we must be first in our submission, in our love, and in our faith. You have to submit to him. You got to honor him. You got to, amen, respect him, and you got to love him. Mark 12 and 30 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God all, not some of your heart, with all of thine heart and with all of thy soul and with all of thy mind and with all of thy strength. This is the first commandment. Do you love the Lord like that? Do you love the Lord like that with everything that you have? Well, we'll see. The principle of the kingdom life. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he taught that we must pray for God ruling in our life. That's what we must pray, that God rule in our life. A kingdom entails a system of government and authority. When you have a kingdom, Thou king, done. The king has come in your domain. He's ruler and he's lord over your life. Now, I wonder, can you really say that from a, a sincere heart tonight at this hour that he is ruler and he is lord over your domain? You know you obey him. But if you can't say that, with all righteousness, pureness in your heart, then you know he ain't ruler over your life. He don't have the authority in your life. It has it, it has a ruler, the king, our subject, who he must submit to the king. It also has a law of order that forces the structure of the kingdom. There's a law and there's an order that every believer must walk by. You can't walk like you want to, but you got a law to abide by. And I'm talking about now the law of Jesus Christ. These laws of order are divine principles of living. These laws in order to teach you how to kneel right here in this present world, in this crooked generation, in this time of rejection, in this time of fever-minded folks. These laws govern you. The scripture refers to these principles as the law, the testimony, the structure, the commandment, and the judgment of God. Read Psalm chapter 19, verse 7 through 9. To really seek first the kingdom of God, we must acknowledge God as king and ruler of our lives. Is he king? Is he ruler 
in your life? Is he your authoritative? Or do you want to tell him what to do? We must we must be willing to learn obedience. Now Jesus never sinned in his life, but he learned obedience through the death of the cross. We must learn obedience through the submission of our carnal nature to his divine nature. We got to bring this carnal nature under subjection. That it will learn how to obey the divine nature that he done put within us. Kingdom ways are not our ways. And kingdom children is not like the children of the world. Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The divine principles of the kingdom of God invested different from the nature, the natural law of this life. Now, this divine principle is applied to humanity as a whole. No matter where you are, you ought to obey the instruction of your God. When I say your God, I'm talking about Jesus Christ who died on Calvary for you. He's the one that lays the law down. Many people have come to view the pursuit of things in this life from the vantage point of self-essential and self-glory. Just want to be praised in every way themselves. Don't want to give God the praise, but they want to be praised. They want to be exalted. But if you only knew who the Lord was, you wouldn't want to be exalted. You would want him to be honored. You would want him to be praised. But such selfishness, it promotes to often leads unto greed. In human society, even the natural laws are continually bent and broken in order to gain materialistic Process and accumulation. They break the natural law just to gain the materialistic things of this world. Listen closer to me, my beloved. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What would he have in exchange for it? The earth is the Lord. The earth belongs to the Lord. And the fullness thereof belongs to us. It seems that human being generous endowed to present a particular image of self that they believe that they believe believe will bring the best 
pastors and most material. But Jesus taught us to seek the kingdom of God first. He wants to reveal the real value of life and to deliver mankind from delusion of worldly pursuit. All this hanging over our heads, all this worldly stuff is a delusion. And that's what mankind is pursuing. But the Bible doesn't know it's going to fade away. Remember the rich man in the beginning? He said, I want eternal life. I got life on this side, but I want something better than what I already have. Jesus taught that a person would fail if he failed to build his house upon the rock. If you ain't building your house upon the rock, you're going to fail. I don't care what kind of materialistic things that you have and, 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 and how much people admire you. If your house is not built up on this solid rock, and I'm talking about none other than Jesus Christ himself, it, it's going to crumble because life is going to help blow it down. The storm of life that you are going to face is going to help tear every stone that is built. It's going to be thrown down. The difference in the human laws and of the world and those of God's kingdom, it is illustrated by the words of life of Jesus as he dealt with the disciples on this subject. The disciples, amen, they went through this first, and they let us know, amen, that Jesus dealt with them about the kingdom, uh, the things of this world, and by life on the other side, and who we should love and how we should love the Lord. On one occasion, two other disciples desired that the Lord would allow one of them to sit on his right hand and for the other one to sit on his left hand in his glory, Mark 10 and 37. And the ensuing discovered, Jesus taught them that such honor would be given to those who live in according with the principles of the kingdom of God. I can't just give you this because somebody desires for you to sit on the one, sit on the right hand and on the other one. You've got to earn this. You have to earn this through serving me. People often want things that they have not paid or want to pay the price for. They also want to be in position, the highest position in the area that they haven't ever worked for. He noted that in the Gentile world, people 
who uh, accounted great were those who were uh, in position of rulership, a lordship, position of earthly exaltation. But in God's kingdom, however, he told them, whosoever will be great among you shall be your master or your servant. And many of us, amen, we don't want, amen, we don't want to be nobody's servant. We want to be the highest thing that there is. But he was letting them know in the kingdom is different. In God's kingdom, however, he told them, whosoever will be great among you shall be your servant. The man of God that stands in the podium every week, however often, amen, to me preach, that is supposed to be your servant. He ain't the highest thing that is among the church. He is your servant. He is there to serve you. Well, she. And whosoever of you will be the chief shall be servant of all. If you will be in that high ranking area, you ought to serve everybody. Mark 10, 43 and 44. When that garden, people, amen, that you think in the high position, they are only a servant. He, conclu- he concluded that even he must, he even, he came to minister, or he came to serve, and to lay down his life for many. Mark ten forty five. In seeking in seeking the kingdom, God's kingdom, the Christian must submit to God's law and become servants to the king. God don't have but one law for one people. I want you to understand, beloved, this. Don't build your faith upon your denomination, but build your faith upon the word of God. What is the word telling you? The word says, follow Jesus. Wherefore, therefore, shall humble. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself. The same is the greatest in the kingdom of God. If you humble yourself, if you serve those that God has placed you over, amen, then, then, and only then, amen, then you shall be great in the kingdom of God. We are God's servants. That's who servant we are. The Lord not only taught about putting the principles of the kingdom of God first in our lives, he exemplified it in his own life. Perhaps the greatest illustration of all is his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He demonstrated this thing. 
Jesus lived Jesus' life, death. He, he lived daily to serve and to help others. That's what his life was about. Serving others. He lived that daily. He brought healing. He brought salvation. He brought deliverance. And help to the suffering throughout his ministry. Jesus was a servant to mankind. Now if Jesus served us, how much more should we serve him? First, seek you the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God said, I'll add all these things to you. In the wilderness, Jesus denied the satanic law to high earthly position and power and the rejection, temptation offered by Satan. He submitted himself to God, plan to the end that on that whooping post on the cross and was so marred more than any man. Isaiah 52 and 14. He humbled himself and become obedient unto death. Philippians 2 and 8. And in his new humiliation, his judgment was taken upon him. Oh, when he was on that cross, you know what they did to him? You know how they marred his body? And when he was in the wilderness, Satan come to him and tempted him and told him, if thou be the son of God, if thou be the son of God. Satan knew who Jesus was. Satan had been up in heaven where Jesus was. He knew who Jesus was. You said, Bishop, Jesus was not up in heaven. Jesus was up in heaven. So the Bible tells me in the beginning was the Word. The Word was right there. And the Word, amen, according to the Word of God, was made flesh. That was Jesus Christ. He was there. Satan knew who he was. He humbled himself and became obedient to death. You got to humble yourself in the society that we live in. If you want to keep the commandments of Jesus, you got to humble yourself and become obedient unto death. In his judgment, in his judgment, Acts 8 and 33, in his power and his authority, as God in the flesh, he was God in the flesh. That man, amen, Christ Jesus was God in the flesh. God was in that flesh that we call the Son of God. He could have called a legion of angels to rescue him. According to Matthew 26 and 53, 
If he wanted somebody to come and defend him, all he had to do was call or just thought of a thought, if you, if you allow me to say it, because he was man and he was divine. But he submitted to his mission. He had a mission to fulfill. And he submitted to that mission. Call for his death. He had to die, not for himself, but for you and for us. You and I, and gave him a name above every name, Philippians 2 and 9. For whosoever exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Luke 14 and 11, putting God first, command first. And one of the scribes asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus asked him, the first of all the commandment is, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one law. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine heart and with all of thine soul and with all of thy mind and with all of thy strength. This is the first commandment. Mark chapter 12, 30. Are we repeating that commandment today? Can we hear that commandment? Hear, O is the Lord our God is one, not two, not three, but one. He's one. An individual interesting in pleading God in our daily might acts, which is the greatest of all commandments. And Jesus is still, Jesus answered, is still the same today as recorded in Mark 12, 28, and 30. The most important thing we can do for God is simply to love him with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. That's the most important thing we can do. People, people often tend to respond to God. Commandment for us to love him with all our being and all our negativity. I cannot do it. We must recognize, however, that we are not to live after the common nature or the conversation through Christ. We 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 to live after the common nature. When we come to Jesus Christ, we come, Amen, and be changed. We come to Jesus Christ and be born again. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4 and 13. Moreover, if we reject the commandment as unattainable, we reject that which is most important to God. When you reject the commandment, you reject God himself. If we determine to overthrow Overcome our fear 
and fail and to trust God that he would not require anything of us that is ultimate, we will comprehend what God will do for us. In order to help us to understand and keep this commandment, we will consider three major points of putting God first in our lives. Love God is keeping his commandments. Loving God is keeping his commandments. One of Satan's most effective deception is to make a Christian feel that he cannot live for God. That's what Satan wants you to think. God commanded that we love him. But Satan Christmas lies of guilt that causes many to question their relationship to God because of their fundamental emotions, their feelings. Because man is an emotional creation, his feelings are not static. Rather, they sometimes shift Dimension in time of emotional distress. Obey God and therefore do love him with all of our heart. But God commanded for us to love him is the base feeling. But on our obedience, his commandment, he has a commandment and keepeth them. He is that loves me. If a man loves me, he will keep my commandments. St. John 14 and 15. If you love God, if you love God, 2020, you will obey him. But if you don't love him, you won't keep his commandments. This is Dr. Moore saying God bless you on this Thursday night once again. We'll be back next week for another Bible study session as well as prayer. But also in the meantime, if you're going to be around on Sunday morning very quickly and you're in Radio Land and you can't call us in the show, if you can listen to us online, that means you can go to Facebook.com in the search bar, type up Blessings by Grace Radio, and Sunday morning at 1130 a.m., Dr. Bishop Ephraim will be doing virtual Facebook search. And those of you at Greater All Nations, we are planning to come back to services in September of 2020. As long as L.A. is open, we will be back physically in our storehouse sometime between the second and third week of September. That is our hopeful prayer date that our doors will be open again. That is, of course, based on COVID-19 and our lovely governor allowing, as well as Mayor Eric Garcetti, allowing L.A. to be open for the churches. That is our plan date. We'll give you more news later on down the line. We love you. God bless and good night, everybody. Bye-bye.